see all of you today. First of all, send a cordial welcome to those who visit. We trust that you'll find us to be a welcoming congregation. There are a couple paragraphs of book that we hope you will read and invite you to return again soon. Um, you'll notice I'm not Joseph Curtis. I'm standing in for Joseph today. He is um, sick with laryngitis, and we trust that he's going to be over that um, very soon. There are a few announcements I've been asked to make. First, um, we are grateful for the handbell choir that will be um, assisting in the leadership of our worship today. Following the service, we would invite any of you who can to help break down the tables and return the handbells to their uh, location. So if you could remember that when the service is uh, concluding. As far as the children and youth activities, they will be the normal schedule today. So um, please see to that. We um, have a couple of individuals who will be speaking uh, this morning briefly. Um, first, David Owens. David, if you'll come now, has some words uh, about a Thanksgiving project. Good morning. When I look around our congregation, it's Thanksgiving is upon us, it's, it's coming very quickly. And when I look around, we all like to have a, a nice Thanksgiving meal, a warm meal. And for over 20 years, Deanne Lewis in our class, in the Foundations class, has helped spearhead this, uh, this effort in our church. And we have, we have gathered food, Deanne procures that every year, but we have gathered food for over 60 to 70 and this year looking about 80 boxes and with your generous help you you have helped us through the years do that um, we you can help us in several ways uh, you can help us deliver that's two weeks from today november 23rd uh, it'll be at two o'clock there's a lot of things going on at church that day but uh, anyway we'll be delivering boxes that day We'll also be stocking the boxes that morning. That's Consecration Sunday. And we will, uh, like I said, we'll also be delivering those. So if you'd like to help, you could help us deliver. Uh, you could help us stock the boxes that morning. Or we're, I'm, I'm good at asking for money. Uh, you can help us monetarily. And the bulletin, you can read about our project, but uh, it's $35 per box. We'll, we'll take any donation. It doesn't, you don't have to do the whole box. Um, we do, we, like I said, we've had generous support through the church for over 20 years with, with doing this project. And Deanne does a, a wonderful job of going to the elementary schools, and she solicits those names of the ones that are most needy and most um, in, in dire need of, of a good home-cooked meal on uh, really for Thanksgiving, but uh, the, the basket is given on that Sunday before Thanksgiving, so they would, would have some kind of meal that week. So please pray for, uh, pray for this project, and if you will, uh, consider supporting it also like you have in the past. And we really appreciate everything you've done through the years. But uh, if, you, if you want to give monetarily, just mark your envelope for Thanksgiving baskets or Thanksgiving projects, and uh, 
that will be taken care of. Thank you for your help. Our annual consecration Sunday is in two weeks. That's November 23rd. And in preparation for that, uh, Will Lavender is going to come and uh, share it this time. Good morning. A few days ago, I was asked to speak this morning on stewardship and consecration Sunday, and I'll have to admit at first I was uh, a little hesitant for two reasons. One, whether I had time to prepare or, or time at all to, to get up here and do this, and two is I'm a lot more comfortable back here on occasion. Um, the next day, I heard on the radio a question that just struck me and said, okay, this is it. The question was, is God a priority in your life or a last resort? Greer and Memorial have been our home for my wife and I for over five years now. And not being from Greer, uh, finding a church and finding a home here was a priority for us and really important. We visited several local churches and Memorial just felt like the church for us. Not necessarily a picture of what we were looking for. We just wanted to, to try churches and find what was what was going to fit us. It wasn't the building, it wasn't the landscaping, it wasn't the convenience of the location, but the people and the feeling of worship here. After a few months, while at my wife's church home, uh, back home, we found out another reason why we should be here. Her church was celebrating a 175th anniversary. And while we were there, some of her family approached us and said, y'all are in Greer, right? Are y'all going to church in Greer? And we said, yes. She said, well, there's an old pastor here who lives in Greer. And we said, well, who is that? And that couple was sitting in the other room after the service, having lunch. And we walked over. And that couple was George and Harriet Strait. And to make a long story short, because it could be a long story, George and Harriet have been a part of my family and my, Katie's, uh, of my wife's family for a long time. George was a good friend of Katie's grandfather, and Harriet and her family were at the church where I grew up in Columbia, and Harriet's son Charles was my youth leader. So we immediately had another connection here that we didn't, I know, didn't know was aware of. So this was uh, just another sign, if we weren't clear already, where we should be in, in Greer. So our, our church family has been a blessing to us as we have grown here and look forward to raising our, our new son, Ben, who's now almost seven months old. But being here at Memorial isn't where it stops for us. As we progress as a family and a church, it's our contributions to Memorial that enable us to be here together. Our time to teach Sunday school, our talents to sing and play instruments, and our ties to keep the walls we call home standing tall. As in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 18, he who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who looks after his master will be honored. As Consecration Sunday approaches on November 23rd, I ask that each of you prayerfully consider what gifts God is asking of you, whether through your tithes, your time, or your talents. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. I might add that George Strait will be preaching two weeks from today. Let us now prepare to worship.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here today because we can, because you have created this amazing world, because you have given us days and nights to live by. You have given us minds to make decisions and understand with, and hearts to fill with. And because we are lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen.
Let us unite in the historic confession of the Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under the Pontius Pilate, was crucified by the Holy Spirit, the third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sat at the right hand. Please be seated. Let me invite the children to come up for the children's moments. morning. Good, okay. Um, who can tell me what the word history means? Yes. It means, um, it means, um, it means, um, it means, history means like back then, it tells you what happened back then. That's right. History means what happened back then. It's something that's already happened. And in the church, when we, when we speak about Jesus, we talk a lot about history. Now, there's another special thing happening this coming week. We have a special day called Veterans Day. Does anybody know what a veteran is? It's um, a vet. Okay, sometimes we call them vets. Do you know what they did? They help animals. Okay, she says they help animals. That kind of vet does help animals, but there's a different kind of vet. Yes, sir. The Yes, it's the people who served in our Army or our Air Force or our Navy, our Marines, our Coast Guard, and our National Guard. I don't think I left anybody out. But they are the people who have fought for our country to keep our country and the people in our country able to have the freedom to worship the way we want to worship. And I'm going to ask a question to the audience. I want you all to look out there. If you are a veteran, would you raise your hand? Look at all those people out there who have fought for our country or who have served in the armed forces to keep us able to have freedom of religion and to keep our country safe. 
Now, what does that have to do with history? Well, a veteran, a long time ago, I thought a veteran was a soldier who had already died, but you can see that's not true. Um, we have our veterans, we have young veterans, we have older veterans, and the way that we honor them is by telling their stories. Now, history is a part of telling stories. And in the Bible, I'm going to read the verse. Psalms um, chapter 78, verses 1 through 3 says, Oh, my people, listen to my teaching. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will show you lessons from our history, stories handed down to us from former generations. So do your, do your families tell you stories? Okay, do they tell you about your grandparents and do they tell you stuff that they did when they were little? All right, that's your family history. And the Bible tells us that we need to pass on the history, the history of the Bible. Now, do you know what a cool thing is about the Bible? The Bible is Jesus' story, his story. And if you run his and story together, guess what word you get? History. That's right, you get history. So now I'm going to do a little cutting activity. Hold this again. This is a big circle. And I like to think of the circle as a family, a, a circle of life. And that's what your family is to. They're your circle of support. Now what letter does veterans start with? V, okay. So our veterans have allowed us to have history and to share history. So I'm going to make a V in the circle. And here's the V. See it? Now, if I open it up even further, we get a what? We get a circle with a cross. So this is our family, and our veterans helped us keep our history, keep our country, so we can continue living freely, and we can continue to worship God the way we want to worship. And here's our cross. That's our little veterans day and history lesson. And I have one for each of you to take home and open up the statements and Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to, to live in a place where we have people who worship God and where we have people who protect us and keep it so we are able to worship God. Bless our veterans and bless us as we, as we celebrate Veterans Day this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Good morning. Our first uh, scripture lesson today comes to us from pages 914 and 915 and 914 and 915 in your pew Bible. And I will be reading Psalm 78 verses 1 through 7. Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us go now to God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we have come today to worship you. We come to celebrate the goodness and the joy of our Christian life. For in Christ, you've called us to be disciples. And as disciples, you called us together as your church. And so we give thanks for this life that we have in this community of faith in memorial. Without it, our spirits would become lifeless. Without it, our minds would become gullible. In this community of faith, our ears can be taught to listen for your word. Your word of both judgment and grace. Here our hearts can be attuned to people who are in need. So we praise you for the gift of your church. Send now your spirit upon it, both here and throughout the world. Bless it and use it to offer help and hope to people in need. We make our prayer in Jesus' name and pray as he taught the disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now give our tithes and offerings.
Please be seated. I have selected a different text from the one listed in the bulletin. I'll be reading instead from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, beginning with verse 34. This is the passage about the greatest commandment. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's think about putting words into action. In our world, in our world, words are not enough. At least they usually aren't enough. Um, let me give one exception, uh, a humorous one. There's a story of a young couple. They were sitting outside on a porch swing. And the girl asked, George, do you think my eyes are beautiful? And George answered, yep. Shortly she asked, George, do you think my hair is attractive? George answered, yep. And in a few moments she asked, George, would you say I have a good personality? Once again, George answered, yep. The girl then responded, oh, George, you say the nicest things. <laughs> Usually words aren't enough. In terms of our religion, people will respect and honor the Christian faith more if we live the teachings of Jesus rather than just talk about them. In the passage of Scripture I read a few moments ago, Jesus summarizes the commandments of God. He said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's important that Christians put their love into action. It's not enough to say that we love our neighbor. We are expected to demonstrate it. On one occasion, Jesus took a basin of water and a towel, and he washed his disciples' feet. That was a task designated for servants. But in this action, Jesus demonstrated the nature of Christian servanthood. Followers of Christ are to actively love, actively serve others.
We've heard about the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. I want to briefly illustrate that love can be three things, redemptive, reconciling, and rewarding. Love is redemptive. Love has the power to change a person's life. And we, as United Methodists, of all people, should know that about our tradition and believe it. A number of years ago, two teenage boys with long records of delinquency and crime robbed the YMCA on the Lower East Side of New York City. And on their way out the door, they noticed a young man at the telephone switchboard. And fearing that he would call the police, the boys grabbed the man and beat him and left him there. Later that evening, the man, Donald Tippett, was found. And he was rushed to the hospital where for days he lingered between life and death. Eventually he lived, but one eye had been so badly damaged that it couldn't be saved. Meanwhile, the two teenagers were caught. They were brought to trial, and their past record assured that they would get a long sentence. But at that point, Donald Tippett did an amazing thing. He asked that the two boys, who were young, be put in his custody. He believed they could be changed. Well, one of the boys refused to change, and he was soon caught for another crime. The other boy, however, was more receptive. He finished high school, then college. Eventually, he went to medical school, became a surgeon, an eye surgeon. A church official later wrote that he wondered if that surgeon ever performed one of his delicate eye operations without stopping to think of that night in the YMCA and of that young man at the switchboard whose confidence changed his life. There's something life-changing about that kind of love. People are touched by it. And Christ calls us, the church, to take that kind of redemptive love and to offer it to others. To day in and day out, seek to be caring to others. Yes, love is redemptive. It's also reconciling. We live in a world where there's a lot of division, there's a lot of blame. What's needed is more people who are willing to build a bridge, to be understanding, 
there was a man who bought a house in the suburbs. And on the day he moved in, the man's new neighbor came running at him in uh, obviously uh, belligerent uh, state. Did you buy this house? Asked the neighbor. And the reply was, yes, I did. And the neighbor continued, well, I want to tell you something. You bought a lawsuit. You see that fence of yours? It's at least seven feet over on my side of the line. And if it takes every dollar I've got, I intend to sue you and get that fence moved. The new homeowner said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I bought this house in good faith, but I believe you're telling the truth about the situation. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. First thing tomorrow, I'll have that fence moved back seven feet. Well, the neighbor was dumbfounded. What'd you say? He said, I'll have it moved tomorrow. The neighbor hesitated. And then with a change of temperament, he responded, no, don't do it. Leave it where it is. And anything that you need is yours for the asking. Now, we don't know what happened between that angry, that angry man and his previous uh, neighbor. All the man seemed to be asking for was to be treated with some dignity and respect and fairness. Isn't that what we all desire? The new neighbor exhibited the love of Christ. It was love in action, a love that has power. And in this case, the power to reconcile. Love is redeeming, it's reconciling, and ultimately it's rewarding. Because love is from the heart of God, we believe that loving deeds are never done in vain. They return to bless us in some way. Let me share one more example. In 1977, the Guidepost magazine reported the story of a man who was hiking in the mountains. He was taken by um, a surprise uh, snowstorm and he quickly lost his way. Since he was not dressed for the chilling temperatures, he knew he needed to find shelter fast or he would freeze to death. Despite all his efforts, time slipped by and his hands and feet became numb and he knew his time was short. And then he literally tripped over another man on the ground who was almost frozen to death. And the hiker had a decision to make. Continue ahead quickly in hopes of saving himself or to try to help the stranger in the snow. Well, in an instant, he made his decision. He threw off his wet gloves 
He knelt beside the man and began massaging his arms and his legs. The man began to respond. And together, they were able to walk and find help. The hiker was later informed that by helping the man who had fallen in the snow, he had most certainly helped himself. The numbness that had stricken him vanished while he was massaging the stranger's arms and legs. Redemptive, reconciling, rewarding, love is all of that and more. The scripture lesson today challenges us to fulfill this commandment to care about others, to love them, and especially to demonstrate that love. Let it be so. Amen. Let us love others by what we say, but especially by what we do. The Lord bless you.